Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs, our small business owners, our local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have the folks who help others create their businesses, and on the other side of the same coin, the do-it-yourselfers like to have your own hands on the levers as you market and grow. If you are one or more of the above, and in fact, many of our listeners who tune in every week are all of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Google it, you'll find it. Also check us out on outlets like iTunes. Be sure to subscribe. Fresh content will be added every single week. Every five-star rating, every positive rating, every awesome comment helps us help more business creators just like you. So please tell us how you feel and how we've helped you. For today's episode, we have a topic that people say they want all the time. And sometimes you got to give people what they say they want and give them the opportunity to respond to it. So that's what we're going to do here. It's called... How to get free exposure for your internet business, and we're going to learn that from someone who has done this for every type of online business. A gentleman who I had the opportunity to meet just a few weeks ago, a great, awesome guy named Tom Hunt, and he has got quite a story, and I'm going to let him tell you in just a second, but first of all, let's welcome him aboard. Tom, come on in. The weather's fine. It's a great introduction. Thank you, Adam. I'm really looking forward to our discussion. You bet. Now, as I mentioned to you in the green room, uh, usually we read off the official bio, then we ask the first question. But your bio is such a great story that I figured we'd kind of merge the two concepts. So for those of our listeners who are just now getting to know you, uh, who may be running off uh, to a separate tab in their browser and saying, who is this Tom Hunt guy? Well, what I'd like to do is I'd like to just sort of ask you to tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and what has brought you to where you are today, uh, serving entrepreneurs and business creators at the intersection of your brilliance and passion. Yeah, so I think my story is slightly different from the typical entrepreneur story. You know, you hear Gary Vaynerchuk selling newspapers when he was three years old or Warren Buffett who was selling, also selling newspapers, I think, when they were really, really young. Now, I didn't do anything entrepreneurial until I was 22 years old. I'm 28 now. Um, right. so I followed like the, the standard path. I studied chemistry at a good university. I then went to work for large management consulting firms because my brother did that and my mum would be happy uh, if I did that. Um, but nothing really, the work that I was doing in the corporations never really excited me. Um, and then there was this very strange turn of events where myself and my two best friends found ourselves selling male leggings on a market stall in London. Now, the, the reason we decided to try and sell male leggings was because we wore male tights, actually, to a fancy dress party. We felt good and we looked good, so we thought, why not sell these but for men? And so we actually ended up purchasing a total of 18 pairs of female leggings from eBay and then branding them with our male logo and then trying to sell them on this market, on this quite trendy market store uh, in East London. Now, my question to you is, Adam, how many do you think that we sold out of the 18 pairs on that one day on the market? It's either, it's, I think it's to be a dramatic number, either zero or 18. So I'm going to go eeny, meeny, miny, mo zero. You are correct. We sold a grand total of zero pairs. Um, but they didn't sort of defer us. We had fun. We learned a bit about our customers that weren't buying. And we actually ended up setting an e-commerce store just a few months later. And then a few months after that, we sold our first pair of actual male leggings that we had designed and shipped over from Shanghai uh, to someone that we didn't know. And it was that feeling that made me realize that working in the corporate world wasn't for me. And almost everything I've done since then, that was the start of 2013, it's been all about how we how, how you can create value and then communicate the value and sell the value on the internet um, and so since then i've built and sold an online marketplace that connected entrepreneurs with filipino virtual assistants we still have the male leggings company and i've done a couple of other uh, projects uh, but 
during that the, those five years now have spent a lot of time selling things on the internet so I've built up this skill set of being able to get exposure for your or people's websites or businesses uh, without spending uh, loads of money on ads wow see that and that's very that's very good stuff uh you know what i uh love about this what you shared with us is i think a lot of our listeners have found themselves in a place where they're working for a company and they just wonder what is actually the value of what they're doing there part of what we do in the business creators radio shows we do have corporate topics and we do have uh we do have shares that are specifically geared towards small businesses uh, from two to 20 basically is our range and we work to help companies to ensure that the people they have working for them are in fact invested in the end result and feel that the work that they do is something that's valuable and part of the way that we approach that and a part of what I do in my consulting with those types of companies is to look at the many 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 little things that are going on on a day-to-day basis to contribute to either a workplace where everybody feels like an owner and what they do is directly contributing to the bottom line or they feel like they really should follow Tom's path and uh, get some leggings and see if they can sell zero or 18 pairs. Now, <laughs> what I love about what we're going to talk about today is it sounds to me like in a way you're kind of like bootstrapping here. And, yeah, uh, you exactly. know, that's, yeah. Yeah, and there's some other things I know you've done, too. I mean, you've been a TEDx speaker. Uh, you've been uh, a Dragon's Den failure and Internet entrepreneur. Uh, I mean, you, you studied chemistry. Uh, me? Mm-hmm. I think I blew something up in chemistry class or something like that. I've, I, really, I really don't know. And then you mm-hmm. went ahead and um, you built Virtual Valley uh, yeah. and, uh, uh, from scratch while you were traveling the world, and then you sold 90% of it. And exactly. uh, now, yeah, and where you've invested a lot of that money is in Bitcoin, which is something that I myself have just scratched the surface of myself. And I think that what's great, and I love your philosophy, is how entrepreneurship and marketing and decentralization are becoming increasingly important. And I know you cover mm-hmm. some of these topics on your blog, and I do urge our listeners to go check out your blog because this is all – very important stuff. So before we dive in a little bit deeper, could you, we, we need to define our terms here a little bit. I mean, we know what entrepreneurship is. We know what marketing yep. is. But define what you mean by decentralization. Yeah, I think it's a great, um, very good question. I think that if we look at what's happened in terms of business, like size of corporation over the last 100 years, we've had these large fueled by the Industrial Revolution in the early 1900s. We have these large uh, corporations that were able to thrive based on their ability to uh, aggregate resources, e.g. equipment and people. And so we created these really large centralized organizations that could do that because of their ability to aggregate those resources because you couldn't bootstrap a train line in the United States. Therefore, that company, once they had the investment, could go and do that because they had the resources. So that happened. Um, This like really large corporations do still exist, like they're building these massive physical things around the world, um, but they're kind of dying off. Um, and we see these other really large corporations that have sprung up around that don't have the physical assets, but have the, the people assets, e.g. the large corporations I used to work for. So this is like Accenture, these are the big four accounting companies. Now, now they currently are, are thriving, but I think are going to kind of start to see the end. So we had two types of centralized organizations. Now, in the last 20 years, we've had this new type of centralized organization, which uh, can kind of seem decentralized, but it's still quite centralized. And this is like the large sharing economy marketplaces like Uber, Uber Airbnb, um, or even Facebook, Twitter, even the social networks. They seem distributed because it has vast amounts of individuals contributing to their empire that aren't employed right. by the central companies, but they still have a lot of power. Now, so that is a, almost a degree of decentralization from those first two examples to the third. But now, like what's happening on the advent of the blockchain technology, we're now seeing uh, organizations spring up that are less centralized. And the, the most the well-known the most well-known example of this is obviously the currency Bitcoin. There is no centralized organization that has control of or owns the majority of 
this currency. Um, and right. now, using Bitcoin as, as, an, as an example, you can then go on to create almost all of the other corporations that exist now, but without centralized power and with more decentralization using blockchain technology. Right. And, you know, uh, what I'm seeing uh, not only in the business world, but I'm also starting to see more of this in the political world. We're not going to go down the world of politics, but here's where I see it. Uh, but we're you know taking the same thing and just you know using the business, for example, is is the world has become so diversified and really there are just a lot more people around and there's such a greater birth given to uh, the ability of people to express themselves for who they truly feel they are, not to mention mm -hmm. the democratization of information. Uh, we don't have to depend on the so-called mainstream media to tell us how things are. In fact, uh, in fact, you know, many, many of our listeners have written in and told me they feel that uh, that uh, that area has been exposed for mind programming, basically. I mean, these are some of the comments that I get, um, and I don't even talk about this stuff here on the show, nor do our guests. But what we see now is with social media, with the power of apps on our smartphones, and that we can go on and do a live video anytime we want, that anybody can be an instant news outlet and anybody can be a seeker of the truth. So when you have this uh, combination of diversification, uh, people being more free than they've ever been to express who they think they really are, the democratization of information, and the fact that there just are a lot more people around than there used to be, um, I think all these things from where I'm looking at it do contribute to this decentralization, where an attempt at centralization or an attempt at unification actually, in my opinion, can be a bad thing because it creates this expectation that a one-size-fits-all needs to be imposed on the entire body. But the fact is that what works over in this area may not work 300 miles away. So the more we pay respect to the fact that people are different, cultures are different, even cities that are 100 miles apart from each other are way different, that the more we decentralize, mm -hmm. and you know, same applies to business, the more innovation we have and the more we can accomplish as a planet, basically. That's just my thought, and I wanted to get your reaction yeah. to that. Yeah, so I think I, I totally agree with what you're saying. If we take the information business, e.g. media, media companies right. have been completely disrupted by the decentralized nature of the internet. And you're right. And I think it's an absolutely brilliant thing. I wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for the internet. I wouldn't have been able to learn the things I would have been able to do. I wouldn't have been able to start the businesses that I wanted to start without the decentralized, nation, uh, decentralized nature of the internet. So I think it's an absolutely amazing thing. It, it basically means like at the highest level that you no longer are force fed information and you can pick and choose what you consume. And I think we're starting to realize that the information that you consume has a massive impact on your life. Yeah. And you know what, you know what else is you have to look at, if we want to talk about what we see in some corporate organizations, uh, you know how they can, you know how they can terminate you if they catch you on social media during work hours, uh, or if they catch you surfing the web or for websites and things like that. And the question I have to ask is, what are they afraid of? What are they? What, what is the? What is <laughs> yeah. the big fear around this? I used to work for this little staffing company that uh, that placed temps and and temporary jobs, and. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was not even all that long ago. This is a few years before I went into entrepreneurship full time. Uh, this was, you know, we were at the time, we had reached an era of business evolution where most companies and even small companies uh, were able to provide a computer with an internet connection on every desk. I mean, that, that, that tells you where we were. Yeah. And it would be, a, and it would be a cable connection. It might not be the blazing fast speeds we have today, but you could get on there and you could navigate the web. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, you have to think about it. this is a few years after frames versus no frames and right before Internet Explorer 6 actually became a hot commodity. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but here, here's the thing. This company I worked for had uh, one computer in the entire office. It, you mm -hmm. connected to the Internet via a dial-up connection, nice. and you could only use the computer on your lunch hour. And a number of us put together – 
that uh, that the management of the company had instructed the administrative staff to have urgent tasks to do uh, during the, everybody else's lunch hour so that it would mm-hmm. be even more difficult to get online. Uh, yeah. That was a that was a big hindrance to me because even in the year even the year that we're talking about, uh, a lot of people who would be available to go out on a work assignment literally the very next day were already using job boards. They were sitting right there. It was just a matter of going up and saying, "Hi, I have a temporary assignment. What would you do tomorrow at eight o'clock in the morning?" They come in, fill out their mm-hmm. paperwork, and you send them out. Uh, the fear was that we would be out there researching the competition, getting interviews with other companies. Uh, yes. I mean, it's a rational fear. It's a rational fear, but what I would say to the owners of the company is, or I'll try and outline the difference between my power and force. In that right. you would want, like, you would let people do what they want because you're confident that you're treating them so well that they would want to, they would choose to stay. Right. And so that yeah. power as opposed to force is stopping people going on the internet to get a new job. Yeah, I give uh I give full credit to Skip Weissman of your championship company dot com for the, who's been on the business creators radio show for the following. Uh this is something he teaches uh small to medium sized business owners when it comes to the idea of your employees interviewing with other companies. Mm-hmm. So rather than, you know, spy on them or call them at home 20 times when they say they're homesick to make sure they're not interviewing, that they really are laying in bed and all these other um, acts of paranoia, uh, mm-hmm. what you can do is if you know somebody's looking, you can have a candid conversation with them and say, you know, look, I, I understand that um, in, in today's marketplace that every employee is their own personal brand. And I know that, you know, you may be, you may be out there looking and uh, you may actually be interviewing right now. So here's the deal I'm going to make with you. Um, I understand you may be looking for greener pastures, which you feel are greener pastures, and I will not stop you. In fact, I'll even do what I can to help you in your career if you want me to. But the deal I'm going to make with you is for the time that you are working for me and you're in my office and you're my employee, you give me 100% for the time you're here. Mm -hmm. And the beauty, the magic of this. The magic of this is that actually, when done properly, causes many people to say, you know what, I'm not going to search for another job. I actually have it really good here. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that guy is a legend. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. One other, one other analogy is, uh, is uh, think about an airplane taking off. Uh, and in order for the airplane to take off, it has to fly into wind which means it has to resist something as it goes up and it makes its ascent. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go fly a kite. I mean, literally, go fly a kite because you need to find the wind and push the kite into the wind to make it raise higher. So mm-hmm. when you resist something, you, become, you make it stronger. So why resist it? Because if you resist the fact that people are their own personal brand and they're going to be looking around and they may be doing things like uh, – starting internet businesses and getting free exposure for them during the 16 hours they're not at your company, uh, mm-hmm. all, if you resist it, all you're going to do is make it stronger. I mean, I, you know, before we transition into our subject here uh, for today's interview, you know, you see some of these companies that get really freaked out of, wait, what are, you, what are you doing with a side business on the internet? Are you kidding me? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand you're selling T-shirts, but uh, we think you're plagiarizing our uh, confidential information, so uh, we need to know all about this. Come on. Come on, the fact is, multiple streams of income, even people who chase paychecks understand the value of multiple streams of income. One income pays the bills, one income pays the thrills. <laughs> I've never heard that analogy before. Yeah. Yeah, so how do you, how do you get some of this uh, cheap and free exposure? Let's dive right in now. Uh, since we have our little uh, coffee clatch about the, uh, the, the uh, evils of backward thinking, so... We have a lot of entrepreneurs and one free exposure. How are we doing it? Okay, so I, I basically designed, after implementing this approach for two software companies of my own and a couple of private clients, I designed, designed something called the free traffic server formula. It's a four-step formula that we could run through right now. And Good. with any uh, online marketing or any really marketing strategy, the first step is always understanding exactly who you are going to be talking to. 
So stage one is what I like to call the fluffy stuff. We basically have to de de define three different fluffy things. So the first of which is the customer avatar, which is your ideal prospect. I don't think we'll go into too much detail here. If you Google define customer avatar, you'll find endless amounts of blog posts going into this. Um, so first, it starts off, this is the first stage of step one. So it's defining exactly who you're talking to. You then right. need to define what that person is trying to achieve with their life in relation to your business. So clarify their desired end result um, is what I like to call it. And the third, the third stage of step one is then defining a hero. So someone who they would, someone who uh, is similar to your customer avatar. It could be an existing customer. It could be a prospective customer. Um, but that hero has to have a similar characteristic to your customer avatar that we just defined and also be chasing after the same desired end result. So that's the fluffy stuff. It's understanding who you're targeting, understanding what they're trying to achieve, and then identifying a, a hero. Um, and why we're identifying a hero will become evident uh, in step two. So that's step one. Um, we can link to a blog post where I outline all of this in quite a lot of detail as well, uh, in case it gets a bit too much on the radio show. Um, with step two is then understanding about storytelling. And the reason we did all of that work in step one is because when you take a person and you understand what they're trying to achieve, and then you tell them a story about someone else who's on the journey to achieving that divide end result, that content is like, is really, really attractive. It's, it's like addictive. It's like honey to a bee to that type of person. And this is really the crux behind the free traffic forever method is how do we, instead of trying to get more traffic, how do we actually give people what they want in the form of information or content? And this story is what people want because they're trying to get that divide end result and they want to know how to do it. And they want to experience or they want to uh, understand how other people are doing that. And so we then, in step two, study uh, an amazing, amazing story structure called The Hero's Journey, uh, which has been outlined in Joseph Campbell's book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Basically, he, this guy, Joseph Campbell, knew um, the creator of Star Wars, whose name evades me at the moment. Um, and basically, if you look at any successful Hollywood story like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter or Star Wars, you'll see it following the same type of structure. And so in step two, what we're going to be doing is starting to tell a story about the hero that we've defined using this structure. And that is going to be our content. And it could either be in one long piece of content or it can be in a series of pieces of content that are spread out over uh, a number of weeks or days. And so just to quickly recap, we know who we're targeting, we know what they want, we've identified a hero, and then in step two, we're starting to tell the story with this with this structure um, that uh, if you Google the hero's journey, you can buy the book or find images of that structure. Um, and that is the form of the content. And now we're halfway through the method. Adam, shall I, shall I let you ask some questions or shall I continue going? Actually, I just have one question as we're halfway through here. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you're you're right. If you if you Google the the uh, the idea of the hero's journey, there are actually a whole lot of diagrams of it that make it uh, pretty easy to understand. Now, my question is, uh, you know, you mentioned avatar and you mentioned a hero, and most of our listeners um, who do any marketing at all, which means anybody in business, understand at least conceptually what a customer avatar is. What is the mm -hmm. difference? If you could tell us a little bit more about the avatar versus the hero. Yeah, sure. So a, a customer avatar is is a person that doesn't, or the the, the, the official marketing definition is a, a person that doesn't actually exist, but who brings all the perfect quantities of your perfect customer. So it's actually a fictional character in for, from my right. definition and from the method that I've learned from. The hero could be someone who is very similar to the fictional character your customer avatar, but it's actually someone you know in real life, um, or so is either an existing customer or is not a customer yet, but you can work them through their hero's journey um, like as to create the content. Does that make sense? So it's actually a real person who either got the divide end result that your customers want, or it's someone who you know is on that journey who you can sort of help guide them through. Because oh, okay, we need to be, okay, okay. Does that make sense? Could that we be like a customer of yours or a friend or what? 
Yeah, yeah. So it could be an existing customer, it could be a potential customer, and you're like, instead of you paying me all this money to get you to that end result, we'll do it together and I'll document this in the form of the content, right? So we choose the hero because we need to create content about a real existing person. Uh-huh. Okay. So, okay. I, I get it. I, I get it. I get it now. Um, one of the, uh, yeah, one of the, one of the, uh, the things to, uh, to bear in mind is that just the difference between an avatar is a hypothetical, whereas a hero is a real person and you have exactly. some leeway on choosing who that person is. Yeah, exactly. Ideally, it's okay. someone who's already reached the divide and result that your customer wants and has also been a customer of your business. Um, because, and okay, uh, another quick point on, on why this method is so powerful is because, you know, sometimes whenever you're, or whenever I watch a movie, I'm always like placing myself in the shoes of the main character and trying to see how I would react in that movie. And I always love the movies the best where the characters are doing the stuff that I want to do. Right. And so I believe this happens like most human beings do this when they experience stories, they put themselves in the shoes of that person. So if you think about what's actually happening here, when you're telling a story about a hero who's already achieved the desired end result that your customer avatar wants, your customer avatar is going to be placing themselves in the shoes of the hero and placing themselves walking that journey to the divide end result. Uh, with your business helping them on that journey. And so two things are happening here. One is he's probably increasing their belief that they can uh, experience a divide end result. But two, the, m the more you think about something, the more likely you are to do it. And so they're like simulating in their mind, getting the divide end result and also working with your business. And that this content, that therefore this content is really, really good for converting people into leads and customers, which we'll get onto in step four. Okay. Um, then let's do this. Yes. So cool. So so we now we've done all the fluffy stuff in step one. We have the content which is either in one big post on our site or it's in separate posts on our site, and it could be in written, it could be in image form, or it could even be in video form. Um, now we need to actually get people to see the content, right? Um, because I've done this many times. I'm sure everyone listening has done this many times, where you create what you think is an amazing blog post, you post it on your blog and you share it on Twitter once and you get like zero traffic and nothing ever, that's the last of it, nothing ever happens again. Um, so we're gonna try and avoid that. And the, the fact is that we have this amazing story um, is going to make it easier. But we also want to tap into sort of communities where we can post the content without having to pay um, to get this free traffic that everybody wants. So we, we understand the customer avatar as part of the exercise profile of your customer avatar, you should also understand where they spend their time on the internet. Um, because there are communities for literally every single niche on the internet, whether it's in a Facebook group, whether it's on Reddit, whether it's in a LinkedIn group, whether it's in a Slack community, whether it's on in a Google Plus group, or whether it's on uh, proprietary forums, there are communities where the, your customer avatar exists in every single niche. So all we right. need to do now is uh, understand, this is quite a big topic, but understand the incentives of everybody in that community. So the owner of the community, the members of the community, and if it's Facebook, like, let's take the Facebook group example, right? So that we have to understand Facebook's incentives, we have to understand the Facebook group admin's incentives, and we have to understand the Facebook group members' incentives, right? Because if we can meet all of these incentives, if we can give them what they want, then we'll probably be able to get what we want, which is traffic to the site. So you go to a Facebook group online and you see these posts that are in there. They don't understand the incentives of anyone there. They have no engagement, they have no likes, and they get no traffic. Um, but if you go to the blog post that we'll link to below, you'll see an example of a post that I did for free in a Facebook group that was promoting a story that we were telling. Uh, they got, I'm looking at it now, so there's 234 comments and 690 likes. And that was free, like that was a free post. Um, and it drove loads of traffic and leads and customers to our site. So the question is, how do we do this? It's by fulfilling the incentives of all of those people. So what does Facebook want? Facebook wants more engagement on Facebook. What does the Facebook group admin want? They want more engagement in their group. What do the Facebook group members want? They want good, relevant content. So instead of you just taking the link to your story and just posting it in the group with nothing else, uh, Facebook are not, not going to like that. 
the group admin is not going to like that. And the group members might like it if it's really good, but they also probably don't like clicking off Facebook. So instead, what you do is you create like an engaging post, either by telling part of the story in the post um, or by adding like an attractive video or image that's native to the platform, e.g. Facebook, to make an engaging piece of content in the group. So you get engagement first, and then you can post a link back to your blog after Facebook has seen that this post is getting loads of engagement and the group admins seen that this post is getting right. loads of engagement. So Facebook then show that post to more people in the group because they want they, they reward good content. The group admin is not going to delete it because loads of people are engaging with it. And then after that, you can place a link in a comment below the post or edit the post and add the link, right? Um, so that's how the, the strategy that has worked time and time again on Facebook for me, but also works on almost like I haven't found a platform that I haven't worked on. If you, if you fulfill everybody's incentives, so Reddit, LinkedIn groups, forums, Slack groups, everything. Um, and so it, it might make a bit more sense with the example um, that's in the blog post that I that will link to below. Um, but in order to get free traffic from communities, you, you cannot just spam groups anymore. Maybe you could do that five years ago. You have to understand incentives and you have to give people what they want before you get what you want. You know, and there's a couple is, things I want to... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Okay. So, sorry. Hit, All right, there's a couple things I question. wanted to... <laughs> yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple things I, I know. This is very exciting stuff. Uh, one of the things <laughs> I wanted to pull out here is, uh, you know, you're talking about going into discussion groups. And that is one of the most powerful ways to get free exposure, to build connections, and to be seen as a leader in your market or niche. Uh, one, of the thing, one of the tactics that I share with my clients who um, are willing to make the investment um, of time and energy that it requires to use the free strategy of being in discussion groups is you want to create that you want to create that sense of especially if you're entering a new market or you're looking to attract a new niche or you're uh, or you're serving a new hero is as you would say that people are going to look around and all of a sudden they're going to say oh my goodness gracious who is this Tom Hunt guy that I'm hearing about all of a sudden and what rock mm -hmm. have I been under because it seems like I'm the last person to have ever heard of him I didn't know he was like the the big guy in this in this market never heard of him before, but what's up with that? Um, yeah, exactly. When you can create uh, that impression, that's big. And there are a few tactics mm -hmm. that I share with people when it comes to getting involved in a discussion group, whether it's on Facebook or LinkedIn or uh, some forum or whatever. Uh, one of the tactics is is when you join the group, and this is sometimes very difficult for people because they uh, get so starved for the exposure, they forget their long game, is when you join that group, the first thing you do once you're accepted into the group is post a message, if appropriate, that says, hey, guys, thanks a lot for letting me in. I'm really looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to contributing where I can. And a uh, special shout out to, to Tom Hunt, uh, the group leader, for uh, approving my application. Chat soon. And then you keep your mouth shut for a week. But during that week, what you do is you observe mm -hmm. the group, you pay close attention to it, you see who are the big contributors, where are they coming from, what are some of their goals, uh, what are the types of things that get shared in a group, what are the types of topics that seem to be that seem to come up over and over again in this group, what are some of the uh, things that seem to get the most response, what are some of the biggest questions that people are asking, because now with that information, which you're not clouding by, you know, running your mouth for that week, is you're now getting a sense of what is going to allow you to very quickly catapult yourself to be seen as a leader in this group. And then the second stage I tell people after that week or so is start diving in by responding to other people's questions or other people's posts. Uh, do this in a helpful way, not in a, hey, let's schedule a strategy session way, but in a helpful way. Do that for a week, maybe two weeks. And then start doing your own shares. And you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, is you don't want to be posting links like, 
hey, I have a webinar coming up or buy my book because you you rightfully should get banned from the group for doing that. And you're going to look bad to everybody anyway. But you share helpful information. You share articles. You ask questions of your own and give people the opportunity to give back since you've already been giving. And, uh, and, you, and you just need to check with the rules of the group. Some say don't share any links at all. Some say don't share links to your own content. So be very clear on what the rules on link sharing are because – if you are in a group that allows no link sharing whatsoever, then you just need to find another way to to get it out there. So you could say something mm -hmm. like, um, uh, so you could say something like, uh, you know, in response to a comment, you could say, yeah, you know, I just wrote an article about this on my blog, and uh, you know, a few of the things I mentioned are A, B, C, D, and E. Now, what that's going to do is people are going to say, oh, Tom has a blog. They're going to click on the little link next to your little picture there. They're going to go nice. look at your profile, and they're going to look for the link to your blog. And then they're going to go find that article if you've structured the article and the conversation correctly. And if they're really curious about it, they're going to send you a message. Hey, Tom, I saw you were talking about an article on your blog. Where is it? Ooh, now you have a one-on-one -on -one connection. So, nice. So, That's so, a lovely so little so the, so the gist here, and, and I've given away something that people normally pay me for. Uh, so this is a real solid gold thing for our listeners here today. And, Tom, thank you very much for eliciting this from me because I, I like to share this when I can, is mm -hmm. that when it comes to this idea of getting the free exposure, do exactly what Tom said, which is use the power of the groups, but play some long game. Because the other beautiful thing about free exposure is it has a viral aspect to it, and viral tends to last longer. So you have time is the point. Yeah. I, I, I kind of failed to mention that. If you've been in the group and you've been adding value and connecting with people genuinely before you post any content, it's going to have such a massive, like a, such a larger impact than if you just jump in there and post straight away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can very quickly, before we ask our next question of you, I can give you an example of what not to do. Um, I remember this was about, this was 10 years ago, so or maybe eight years ago. It, it was a while. Um, I've had a chance to, to uh, drink enough scotch to overcome the shock of it. Let's put it that way. Um, I, uh, I was working with this uh, company, and they were very well-intentioned. Uh, I, I will say they were well-intentioned, and they, um, and they uh, posted something in my name, inside a discussion group because they had my credentials mm -hmm. and they had leeway to take my articles and share them and get conversations going that I could jump into, you know, sort of like a, a surgeon has somebody else do the prep work and then the surgeon shows up with a scalpel and does the cutting. That was, that was basically the nature of it. So I would get notified immediately whenever they posted something in my name, just so I could be aware of it. Well, they posted something in this one group and then three minutes later, I see the phone ringing, and it was them, and I knew what they wanted. They wanted to say, hey, we just posted this awesome thing in your group. Uh, did you see it? And I said, yeah, I just deleted it before you got me run off LinkedIn. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, it mm. was a response to somebody's question. It was, first of all, it was about 12 paragraphs long, and mm. four of the paragraphs were copy-paste of some of, some of the testimonials I've been given by my clients. And then it goes on to, uh, you know, what it's like to do a strategy session with me and, and how to contact my office to get a strategy session and all that. I'm thinking, what the hell have you just done? That is like the – I mean, aside from the fact that that's not how you, how you get free publicity, except for a really bad kind of free publicity, believe me. Mm. But uh, that is actually the opposite of what I was already sharing with folks on how to get more out of discussion groups. So not only yeah. did you potentially run the risk of me getting banned and looking like a jerk in front of the people that I was uh, looking to attract, but you made, you made a hypocrite out of me. Great job. Mm -hmm. So I uh, just wanted to share that as a worst practice example uh, because sometimes we have to look at what, uh, not, what not to do. So yeah. you know, as, we move forward with, as we move forward with this, um, you know, what are, you know, if you could tell us just a few examples, maybe above and beyond what you've already shared with us, of uh, some things you've done that have gotten free exposure for some online businesses so people can see some case studies or some examples in action. Yeah. Okay. So the um, almost the poster child for the free traffic favor method was um, 
a for one of our businesses now this might get a little bit confusing but we were promoting a shopify application and so we hosted on the blog of the shopify application uh which was like our software business that you pay monthly fee to use the app right um so on our blog we told the story of the leggings company that we mentioned earlier growing their e-commerce brand right because we knew that the, the customer avatar for the Shopify app was someone who, uh, what, to put it very simply, wanted to grow an authentic Shopify brand. And so that's what we were doing with the leggings. So I started uh, telling the story of how we were growing the leggings brand, but on right. the Sh- Sh- Shopify app blog, right? So the the post that I just mentioned that got the 690 likes and 234 comments was actually in a Shopify or e-commerce group called Ecom Empires run by an awesome guy called Nick Perini. And so I started, I, I wrote a, a long Facebook post about how we were doing a challenge to take the leggings company from where we were today to where we wanted to be in 12 months. And I posted that in there explaining a little bit about how we're going to do that and a little bit more about the Meggings brand and about our success so far. And so I posted that. And then at the bottom of the post, I said, if you would like to follow the journey, if you'd like to read, or no, if you, if you would like to see the, watch the first installment of the journey, um, like or comment below, um, and I'll post a link. And so like, it was a little bit clickbaity there. And I, I would maybe clear it with the group admin before being that clickbaity. Um, I think it was okay like a year, about a year ago, but now that strategy has been used quite a lot. Um, but it worked well. This was in April of this year. And, and so we got massive exposure on that post, loads of traffic from that first link, but also because I was telling the story, I was releasing a new video on that, on the, of that story every single week. I was then able to repost the link to the next episode in that story on that same post in that group. And so each and every week that post was being booted right to the top of this thriving e-commerce group, um, sending more traffic to our blog. And I, I spoke, well, I spoke to Nick before actually posting that. Uh, single Facebook post and he was, he was cool with it because uh, it was like authentic content and we weren't, there was no obvious pitching um, even when we got to our blog on the content. Um, so yeah, that's one example. Uh, the other example I have in the blog post that you, that you see on my site is actually for the previous software company. Now, I won't go into too much detail, but the software company was a, a Slack bot. So it would sit within your Slack team and it would help you outsource some of your tasks. And so ideal customers for that business were early stage startups. And so what I did is wrote about, so in this case, the customer avatar was the startups, the, the divider and result was growing a startup to, let's say, $1,000 monthly revenue. And the hero in this case was ourselves. We were our own hero because we were in the same situation as our customer avatar. Right. So what I did uh, after we sort of reached our 1K monthly revenue point is wrote out the story of how we did that. So I think we did it in yeah within four months we went from idea to having 1K monthly revenue. So I wrote out that story and I posted that story just with one single link back to our homepage at the bottom of the story um, in r forward slash entrepreneur. So it's the entrepreneur subreddit. And so because there was massive value in the story, I outlined all of the lessons that we learned and what we did. Um, it was well received. We got 121 upvotes and that drove loads and loads of traffic to our site. So that's just another, another example. So the first example was the software company and the e-commerce store, Stitch Leggings. And the second example was this sort of startup SaaS company that we sort of told our own story and put that in the subreddit. Yeah, and, and see, this is really, this is just a really good example for everybody to follow. And as I recall, step two of your four-step process had a lot to do with storytelling, or as some people like to say, story selling. Uh, what we're doing is we're getting yeah. people involved in the conversation as we create the conversation. So not only are we not yelling at people through a megaphone, but we're actually inviting them to be part of the conversation as it's created, which is absolutely brilliant. And when you can accomplish that, you're actually binding people to your brand as you put it out there. Exactly. Um, 
And so let's move on to step four. So we now have, we understand, we've done the fluffy stuff. We understand who we're targeting and who the hero is. We have told an, or we are telling an amazing story about a hero that your customer avatar cares about. We have got some free exposure by uh, entering into communities, adding value and then telling stories and then linking back to the blog. Finally, the, the step number four is called conversion chaos. So here's about understanding the journey that your customer is moving through, and then understanding how you can facilitate their journey to their divide end result by giving them more stuff. All right. So the first commitment they have to make is coming to our blog and reading the story. Right. Once we have that, we have the first permission asset, which is obviously the the Facebook pixel. So we can create a custom audience of those, those people on Facebook um, if we want to spend money to retarget those people. But during the story and around the story on your blog, there are going to be opportunities where they can give a different permission asset, e.g. the email address, to you in exchange for the next thing that they, that they, that they need on their journey. So to give a real-life example, with the software company, uh, on the blog, we're telling the story about our e-commerce uh, company, Stitch Leggings. You could click once, and you'd be able to set up a free trial with the Shopify application. And that was on a scrolling, on a floating sidebar as people were reading through the story. So we removed, like, here's an aside, but when you're trying to get anybody to do anything, you, you need to understand their ability to do the thing and their motivation to do the thing. And then you need to place the trigger at the right time. So what we've done there is we, we, we know that the next stage in their journey for them to grow their Shopify brand is to use our piece of software. That's what we think. Um, and we've positioned the software such that they believe that as well, as we're talking about it in the story. At the same time, we're reducing or you know, we're significantly increasing their ability to do the thing because it's very, very easy to set up a free trial. Um, and so we got great conversion of the people that are reading the story to people starting a free trial. Um, so that's just an example of understanding the, the customer journey, understanding what their motivations are, and then increasing their ability to take action to give you the next permission asset, which will be the Facebook pixel that you're getting because they're landing on your blog, but also we ultimately want the email address so we can give them that thing that they need to help them on their journey and then convert them into a customer later down the line. Yeah, that's that's some pretty powerful stuff here. So basically, um, if you're listening to this live, make sure that you go to our iTunes channel and subscribe so that you can get this downloaded directly to your iTunes. If you are listening to this as a replay on our website or you're uh, on our iTunes, you've already subscribed and you're listening to the backlog and you found this episode, go back and listen to this one again because over the course of the episode, what Tom has done is revealed his, his four-step process. Um, just to, uh, you know, as we, as we come to the near the top of the hour here and uh, we want to make sure that uh, we – really deliver some great value here. If you could please uh, just summarize very quickly in bullet point form what those four steps are, just so when people go back and listen, they can track it. Yeah, so it's understanding exactly who you're helping, understanding what they're trying to achieve, identifying a hero who is similar to, to the customer avatar, but also have achieved or is on the way to achieving the thing that they want to achieve, so that's step one. Step two is learning how to tell addictive stories and then actually telling a story about your hero getting the divide end result that your customer wants. That's step two. Step three is called promotion pandemonium. It's entering into communities on the internet where your customer avatar exists, adding value, making connections, and then telling or produce, putting valuable content onto into the community so people can consume valuable stuff there. Then inviting people to engage with the content in exchange for getting the link, which will, tell, which will take them to the full story that's back on your own web presence or your own blog. That's step three. And then step four is called conversion chaos, is understanding the, the journey that your customer is going on and then understanding what motivates them on that journey and what is the thing that you can give them for them to take the next step, give you the permission asset, e.g. the email address, and then also increasing their ability to do that, making it super easy for them to give you that permission asset so you can convert them into a customer later down the line. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. And uh and just you know, tell us, uh, you know, where where are you? Go what are you going to do in the future? Where are you going from here? Great question. I think um, so. At the moment, I'm like full time consulting for marketing, 
teaching the free traffic forever formula, creating content for the blog, creating content on social media. I'm like full time, I guess, marketing. Like I, I just really like the free traffic forever formula method and I like seeing it work for people. That's what I'm full time focused on at the moment. I think in the next, in the next couple of years, I'll start another technology company. So as you mentioned, I built and sold the online marketplace, Virtual Valley, which was an amazing journey. Um, I think I'll take all this marketing expertise, find business partners and build some kind of tech company, maybe in the Bitcoin space, maybe in some other space. Um, because that's all, ultimately like the building a system that creates value um, is, is an amazing journey to go on. So I think I'll jump back into that world. Okay, that sounds that sounds fantastic. So why are you uh, why are you doing this now? What what it is you're doing? Uh, you know, what is it motivating you to share what you shared with us today? This how to get free exposure for your internet business? Because uh, I mean, all of our interviews here on the Business Creators Radio Show are value packed. I mean, this is a no fluff zone, and I've actually thrown people off the show. This happened. This happened one time. I actually threw somebody mm-hmm. off, canceled their interview because all they kept doing was promoting themselves. We are a no fluff zone, but you've taught a master class. What is driving you to be so giving? Um, so, I mean, obviously there are ways to get to ultimately give me to reciprocate that altruism, right? If, if you go to the blog, uh, you'll find ways to give me your email address. There's a book that I wrote recently that you can buy, and there's ultimately the free traffic server course that you can purchase. Um, so, like that, I, I guess for selfish reasons, it is possible for people to reciprocate, but it's also possible for people to learn everything without reciprocating. And so, for me, like just seeing other businesses learn from the stuff that I've learned and then improve their lives is almost like a greater reward in itself anyway. So yeah, like there are definitely selfish reasons, but there's also like purely altruistic reasons in that I love seeing people use this stuff and get results. I don't know, it's just this warm feeling that you get inside. It's probably the same for you, right? When you do an amazing interview and you get people emailing you being like, Adam, that interview was amazing. Like I implemented this and it really helped. I bet that makes you feel amazing as well. Oh yeah. Oh yes, it does. And you know, and as I've been saying for over 15 years now, people do altruistic things for self-centered, selfish issues, Mm -hmm. self-centered, selfish reasons. And if you think that that's harsh, and if you think that that's not true, then ask why you are being taught by so many people when doing your marketing to be tuned into WIFM. I'm just taking something that you've heard a hundred different times, and I'm stating it a lot more bluntly. The fact is people do great things for selfish, self-centered reasons. Uh, that person mm-hmm. who gives a million dollars away to charity, you think for one moment they don't sort of get off on the recognition mm-hmm. of being seen as that great philanthropist who gave a million dollars to charity, seeing their name in lights, uh, getting the awards for public service uh, leader of the year. You, you think that you think that doesn't do it for them? Uh, when they, um, when they uh, do something like they... Uh, let me let me come up with another example here. Like let's say they uh, they give back to the community. Uh, you know we have we have I'm not going to say the name, but we have a very well known personal injury attorney here in Las Vegas where we're based, and he actually has a whole website up uh, that's just about how he gives back. The, the website does nothing but chronicle all of his charitable deeds, all the places where he volunteers, and everything else. You think for one moment uh, that. Uh, that he's not getting new business off of that, and people aren't looking at that and saying, hey, you know what, this guy's pretty good. This is the lawyer I want. You think for one moment he's not doing that because he wants more business? Come on, get out from under the rock. But the fact is, mm-hmm. a lot of good gets done. And, um, and you know, he is a good guy because he is giving back, and he's giving so much of his money and so much of his time to make his community a better place. But is, is, there, is, there, is there selfish reasons behind that? He's not human if there aren't just the way it is yeah yeah i i totally agree and i think this i'm not an economics expert but isn't this how capitalism works right you you help other people and then you get repaid for that ultimately uh and then you that you use that profit to help more people and get paid more money yeah i also i also say that you can't serve from an empty cup mm-hmm. and if you're not taking care of yourself how can you take care of others exactly 
Right, right. I mean, I mean, as I, I mean, as I, um, you know, I, uh, I, I like to tell this story. There was this woman I knew uh, many, many, many years ago, and um, and she told me that her goal was to be a starving artist. That was her goal in life to be a starving artist. Uh, mm-hmm. She was really good with her art, though. I mean, it won awards, and people were offering her money for it and such. But she wouldn't take up on it because she had this dedication to being a starving artist. But at the same time. She also had a passion that I very much agreed with, which is animal rescue and getting animals into no-kill shelters and, and helping them from there get into forever homes where they would be with families and loved. And so I told her, look, why don't you, uh, why don't you do great stuff with your art, uh, you know, sell it, make a ton of money, uh, put some of it away so you never have to worry about anything, and then uh, donate the rest of it, uh, maybe even start your own shelter. Uh, you know, help help animals the way you want to help them. And as far as the starving artist thing, just stay in your studio apartment and don't eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, boy, she thought I was a real bastard for saying that, but I was just I was just stating the stating what I thought was a very valid way to do it. So not only not only did she get the full value of her natural brilliance and gift as an artist, but she got the opportunity to actually do these things for the world like helping animals that she talked about all the time is the theoretical. I totally agree. Um, I think if when someone is not open to receiving, I don't think it's their, I think it's almost their issue with them, the self-worth. And so right. it's not actually a massive, like it's, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but, I think I, I think I, I think I get when you, when you don't when you don't have appreciation for your own worth, it's hard for you to express mm-hmm. that to others. Yeah. Right, and, 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 and that, gonna... that could be doubt. Yeah, that could be what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so that that's going to hinder your ability to help other people in the future, as, as you mentioned, because if you can, if you don't have enough like resources for yourself, how are you going to create value for other people? Right, right. And now that we've uncovered that, that should give people to uh, something to think about as they move forward. So we are right near the top of the hour. We have two minutes left. Now I want to give one of those minutes to you, Tom, so you can tell our listeners who may want to take things to the next level just a little bit about how you serve business creators and what you bring to the table. Yeah, so currently I'm putting out pretty much everything that I learn on the tomhunt.io blog blog um it's called the internet mba blog and so i like everything i learn goes on there you'll have the opportunity when you're there to offer your email address in exchange for various things the various other content um and then i do teach the free traffic forever formula method to this time we just took 10 students um i I go through the full program with them over it's usually a two to three month period and then we'll stop and we'll open out for a, a new group of students so we just literally today is starting with a 10 new students um so the free the full method with me like walking you through it uh we'll start again it will be in december november time um at the same time i did write a book about how to start a software company without writing a line of code um called the internet mba and so that's a super super cheap way to understand how you can basically use an outsourced team to build a software product um and then get your first few customers so like the, basically the step-by-step guide that we use to do that with our software company. Um, so that's, that's the two ways I guess I'm serving entrepreneurs at the moment. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So for everybody, just make sure to go to tomhunt.io forward slash blog, and that's going to be your that's going to be your first step. So Tom Hunt, thank you very much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Thank you, Adam. I really really enjoyed um, chatting today. Well, final thing I want to say is quickly. Uh, when I was in the corporate world I, and I wanted to leave, I spent all my day listening, all my time listening to podcasts, um, and I really found that inspirational, and it really, really helped me ultimately leave the corporate world and start my thing. So I want to thank you for inspiring all the other people there who are out there, maybe in their corporate jobs that don't want to be there and want to do their own thing, and are probably listening to to this as they're working.
Well, and I certainly hope they are through their earbuds. So thank you very much for that. I really appreciate it. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.